Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Kind. Make It Kind. M.I.P. With Marcella Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get Woke. 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 Politics, and of course, we're stirring. This will be the last Thursday coast of 2020, um, and I've lost count. I, I, I think we've actually been doing this over 10 years. Actually, I think I may be right about. That. I absolutely. I I remember talking about Mitt Romney. That would have been 2012. Did we talk about John McCain? Would that would were we talking 2008? He might have been. Yeah. <clears throat> and McCain. That's probably right around when we got started, right around that time. Um, yeah. Maybe got- after. I think 2010 might have been, 2009, 2010. Yeah. yeah. I definitely remember t- talking about how bleak things looked in the run up to the 2010 midterms. There it is. Yeah. So it's over. So it, it was at least 2010, maybe 2009. Yeah. Yeah. So over 10 years, y'all, we'll say that. He is the founder of Daily Coast, the founder of Civics with a Q. Um, and this will be our, our last um, um, broadcast, per se, um, for this year. And then we'll get back together in the beginning of the year. It's been what a year it has been. Marcos Melissus, um is here with us. Um, so Good riddance to 2020. I don't think anybody's going to miss. <laughs> Nobody's going to miss this one. Insane. Um, it, it's still incredible to me uh, what so Mitch McConnell has finally acknowledged Joe Biden is a president elect. But, you know, um, <clears throat> to have had Biden said it in his speech this week to have had 126 members of Congress and all these states attorney attorneys general sign on to a lawsuit. For and this just just happened since when we talked last week, there was 
one the, the one thing the Supreme Court threw out. Then a new thing came in where Texas is going to sue or going to make the Supreme Court intervene. In other states. That's like I've never seen a state go to the Supreme Court on another state. That normally doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it happens on things like water rights. I mean, it's 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 a very specialized situation, which is why, um, and it's in the Constitution actually. That um, it's a constitutional provision, which is why Alito and I think it was Thomas actually voted to hear the case, mm-hmm. while saying we're not going to grant relief that is asked, which was to block the the electors from from voting. Uh, and they only did so because they have consistently over the years said that no, nah, we, we don't have discretion when a state sues another state. We have to take that case. The rest of the court's like, yeah, no. <laughs> so, so a lot of I think a lot of conservatives took that as Alito and, and Thomas agreed with them on the lawsuit. And they were very explicit in, the, in their dissent saying like all we're doing is saying that we should hear the case. We would not grant the reliefs that they are seeking. So it was really a nine zero decision because it was utter BS. Yeah. And you're, you're right, Mark, that, that the Republican party has effectively said, we don't believe in democracy. We are a fascist, undemocratic, tyrannical party. And if it was up to us, people wouldn't have a say in this matter. And all you have to know is that, <clears throat> uh, you know, Texas sued a bunch of states that went for Biden for mail-in ballots and sue Florida for those mail-in ballots. Florida has been using mail-in ballots for a long time. Right. So it it was so clear that their problem wasn't mail-in ballots or anything like that. It was, it was, they sued states for, you know, for voting for Joe Biden. And that was, that was the case. And that's why the Supreme court rejected it. And that's why anybody, what was interesting, Mark, is that everybody who had a say in the matter rejected it. That is saying, the Republican governor and secretary of state of, of Georgia rejected it. The legislatures of Wisconsin, Pennsylvania rejected it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ducey, Governor Ducey of, of Arizona, another Republican rejected it, right? So when people had to actually choose between democracy and, and fascism, they actually like, okay, we, you know, we have to, we have to respect democratic norms. So it was all these other a-holes that didn't have a say in the matter mm-hmm. posturing for what? For Donald Trump? Because of his feelings were hurt? Because yeah. he couldn't handle being a loser? Yeah. And so they knew that they actually, it, this was all posturing. They knew they had no effect on the matter. They knew they knew Ted Cruz knew that that case wasn't going to be accepted by the Supreme Court. They were all posturing for the MAGA idiots without really caring how toxic and corrosive that is to our democratic norms, both at home and overseas, right? I mean, this is the U.S. talking about the importance of a peaceful transfer of power because uh, of democracy. How is any other nation going to ever take the United States seriously? when we just literally did a banana republic transfer of power um, and I'm not seeing peaceful in what's happening right now. Yeah. There's violence in the streets. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is definitely rhetorical um, rejections of democratic norms and ideals. So this is incredibly uh, damaging. Yeah, Trump is gonna be gone 
but look at what he's done to not just our internal democratic norms, but our ability to influence the rest of the world in pushing for democracy in other places. You're right. Have have no credibility um, Zero. In, in, in doing that. Um, we're seeing the violence is probably not the last <clears throat> we'll see of it um, leading up to inauguration or perhaps even on inauguration. So, you know, none, none of this is is really um, uh, what what you want to see. Uh, Mitt Romney said, I think it was uh, last Sunday on Meet the Press, that um, while he may not agree with Trump, he is the most influential person in the party. He's still going to be a major influence on the party. Um, but you have to wonder, and they think, I think this is where your theory is put to the test. We will know January 5th uh, what the influence is um, because, as you said, they're the hidden deplorables. And then there's the mixed messaging. You know, when you tell your base everything's rigged, 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 you know, it creates <clears throat> a level of ambivalence when it comes uh, um, to voting. So, I mean, if he's the influence, he's the influence. But he's a very he, he if I were if I had a party, he'd be I would not I would rather not have an unstable influence like that. Um, and yet. Democrats, um, we've got to do what we need to do. So now AOC is saying, in so many words, um, that the Democratic Party needs new leadership on Capitol Hill and that Schumer and Pelosi um, have to go. Um, is, is, is now, right now, the time for that? Um, Pelosi is running again for speaker. Is it is it time for them just to just stop right now? Or does she get do they get one more term to serve? What do you, what do you think, Marcos? I mean, Pelosi's already said that she's stepping down after this term. Um, that was the the deal that they made back two years ago that she would be she would be out in twenty twenty four. So you're not she's not going to lose. Um, and I I mean I'm not sure she's the problem. Yeah. Right now, and and you you have to corral <laughs> the ver you know ideological. It's got to be the one of the worst jobs in Washington is being the chair of a of I mean either being speaker uh, either party, either party right. Like nobody's ever happy with you because you have to compromise and you have to mediate. Uh, the fact that we have this nation that has this incredibly uh, wide gamut of public opinion all crammed into two parties. And we have an even more diverse caucus than the Republicans do, so I don't I don't envy them. Do we need new leadership? Um, I would actually agree. I think it's going to happen. We're going to get that anyway. <clears throat> so uh, um, I don't have anything against AOC. Um, you know, saying that I just think it's a little bit of tilting at windmills. And the way you really get leadership change is you start you you organize internally. Yeah. And so talking about it publicly, I'm not sure how that helps when really, if she really wants to change the leadership in the House, then talk to your fellow House members and see if you get the votes. You're not going to, public opinion has zero, zero impact. And particularly the voices of a bunch of loud people on Twitter have zero impact uh, on, we don't get to vote on the Speaker of the House. So, and two, Number two, you know, the next person in line for the speaker, um, just from a cloud and influence standpoint, is Steny Hoyer. And 
I don't, <laughs> I'd rather have Nancy Pelosi a million times over than Steny Hoyer. It's not like there's a, you know, AOC suddenly next in line and she has to vote, right? I mean, it, it would probably be Steny Hoyer. So yeah. um, be careful what you wish for is, is or unless you have the votes to elect a Ayanna Presley as Speaker of the House and then I'm 100% there with you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'll right. help you whip. If it's close, I'll even help you whip. Right. But if, if it's just 30 people complaining in a caucus of 100 and, you know, uh, what are we at, 200 and something, then I'm not sure what you're, you know, um, if you're building long term. I, I mean, so I don't mind that she's doing that. I just don't think it's worth a lot of energy or effort. But Mark, what you were saying earlier, uh, did you see the Fox News poll that came out? I, I've lost track of time, but I think it was this week on people's excitement to vote. No, I missed that. Okay, so earlier in the year before the election, they asked Democrats, Republicans, you know, how excited are you to vote? And 80% of both sides were really excited. So everybody was amped up. They just went back and asked that same question. And Democrats are the same, they're 80 some percent. Republicans are down to 60. So it it is more evidence that the Repub- the Trump and the MAGA attacks on voting and democracy are actually having a dampening effect on uh, excitement about the vote. Now, just because you're less excited to vote doesn't mean you're not going to vote. They're not the same thing. But again, you know, you're looking at a place like Georgia, which is by all indications, from from a from a like a registered voter, it's a fifty fifty state. Mm-hmm. It's a fifty fifty state, right? Whoever wins it's a state is the party that gets the least amount of drop off from the November election. That's just that's just the bottom line. So but, all you need is one percent here, one percent there of Republicans to be turned off. You had that Lynn uh, Miranda guy, uh, the the Trump, you know Trump the uh, Trumpy lawyer who's been filing all those ridiculous lawsuits. He's right. been telling people not to vote in Georgia. You only need that little bit of drop off. And I was lit when you when you started the show, I was looking at my phone and it felt really rude. But I, I just started looking at the Georgia turnout numbers. Yeah. And, a, and now the, and you're, right. you're only down, you know, the, the vote by mail is only down three yeah. percent from November. Yeah. That's almost all Democratic vote. The early the first day of in person voting. You know, the lines were massive. People get excited. There shouldn't be any lines, of course. But that first day of early voting was bigger than the first day of early voting during the November regular election. So all of this really points to those are those are the the, the core Democratic votes. It's 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 the early vote. It's the vote by mail because Republicans vote day up. Yeah. Right. So the yeah. fact that we only have three percent drop off in the vote by mail and that the in-person mail was actually bigger on day one, it was just we, we, we've only had it two days. So there's not a big sample size there. But on, on that first day, it was actually bigger than it was in the presidential election. That means that we are getting our vote out. Will they get their vote out? I guess, that, you know, we'll, we'll see. But if we get our vote out, it doesn't even matter what they do. There's more of us than there are of them. We saw that in November only by 10,000 votes, but there are more of us. So if we can get that vote out, um, and when you talk about day of vote for the Republicans, you have you have 
Trump complaining about the minion voting systems and it's all rigged and blah, 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 right? Uh, you have the MAGA, uh, Lynn Miranda and uh, the Kraken lady. They're all, you know, don't even vote. If you go to Parler, that the new tri- you know, Twitter alternative for, for conservatives, if you go to Parler, Breitbart, you look at the comments, they're all screaming about uh, today, you know, this week was about Mitch McConnell um, recognizing that Biden is president-elect, right? And that was the biggest sellout ever, and it shows that you can't trust Republicans. And Mark, I've made this point before, but the the MAGA, the the hidden Trump, the hidden deplorables, that Trump book that only comes out for Donald Trump so far, small sample size, but they've only come out for Trump so far. They're not conservative. They're not Republican. They don't care about those things. And they came out in Georgia for Donald Trump. Will they come out for Purdue and uh, Loeffler? Um, we can't assume that they won't, but there is a very strong possibility that they don't. So you have that dynamic at play. And so right now, I like where we stand. Mm-hmm. As long as we continue to get our vote out and make sure that everybody votes, it gives us an incredible, strong opportunity to win. And, and then you take that Fox News poll that says only, you know, there's a 20%, 20 point drop amongst Republicans that are excited to vote in future elections. That is, if that holds, and if that becomes an actual thing, because everybody's too, you know, they're, they're, they're too upset that Donald Trump lost the election, and so they're gonna take their ball and go home, we'd be okay with that. And then that gives us a real chance in 2022 to get that functional Senate majority that can allow us to do things like statehood for DC and Puerto Rico and expand the Supreme Court. So that's the that's the goal. And because um, if they continue to get that hidden Trump vote out, like it's going to be tough. It is going to be a slog because if you look at the 2022 Senate map, it's very winnable for us, but it's literally the 2020 battleground states. It's Arizona, Georgia, Iowa, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Did I say Georgia? Georgia, Florida. It's it's all the 2020, North Carolina. It's all the 2020 battleground states all over again. So it's going to be a, um, it's, uh, it's gonna be a, a, a dogfight. And presidents in their first term historically lose seats. It is what happens. And the one, you know, the, the one um, exception in recent history was uh, 2000, uh, it was 2002. It was George Bush's first midterm. It was after 9-11. So is the coronavirus pandemic and the vaccine rollout and getting the nation back to normal and this hyper-partisan environment. I mean, there is a real chance that we buck those historical trends and actually pick up seats and get that functional Senate majority. So that's what I'm excited about. I like the fact that in this Fox News poll, Democrats are not dropping off because they did in 2009 after Obama got elected. They basically said, our job's done. We did what we needed to do. We're done. And Republicans swept in 2010. Yeah, 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 yeah. so just speaking of those numbers, folks, you can see GeorgiaVotes.com, really nifty site. The so far the 2020 runoff election, 715,048 people have voted. At this point in the 2020 general, that number was 816,242. Um, 
So, and I'm not sure what they mean by this point because they were they're kind of different time frames. But and then when you look on the the ballot applications, the FC ballot applications, those numbers are up. So this this looks good. As a matter of fact, um, Biden was there um, this week. Um, Roland Martin had texted me some of the um, he got there early to cover it. And it texts me some of the photos of the area where they were holding the Biden rally for Warnock and Ossoff. And I'm telling you, it looked like um, Four Seasons landscaping. <laughs> but, but but you know what, what I didn't realize <laughs> was that this was a drive in rally. And that's why I looked that way. They picked kind of an open space yeah. with gravel. It, it looked like another industrial site is what I'm saying, but it was a space where many cars could come. I didn't yeah. account for the cars, So I'm like, oh, my God, why are they doing four seasons landscaping? But but he went down there um, and he rallied for Warnock um, and also um, more and more is coming out every day about some of the financial swindling that Purdue and Loeffler have been involved in. So for change, this is not characteristic of special elections. People are engaged. People are aware in Georgia. Everybody's talking about it all over the country. So this is a a pretty big deal. And, and hopefully um, this can happen. And then we've got a Senate and then maybe we can get things done. Still a little worried, though, you know, because Biden still wants to operate in the old school way. He hasn't been a senator for years. But I think there's something in him that still makes him think he can work with these guys and like McConnell and the rest of them, Marcos, and, you know, reach some type of bipartisanship. I don't think I don't know that that's ever coming back in this era, as if if what Ben Romney is saying is true, that Trump is still going to be hovering some type of way. I, I don't know how that. Happen. There's not going to be there's not going to be broad based bipartisanship. I mean, I think though that ship has sailed. Um, I think what's possible is that you have a handful, the last few remaining Senate moderates uh, playing nice. And by that, I'm talking about Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski and funny enough, Mitt Romney. <laughs> Mitt Romney is the Senate moderate. Uh, but. Um, all three of them have indicated that they would vote to, unless somebody's way out of the mainstream, to vote for um, Joe Biden's cabinet secretaries. So you you have the possibility, especially if it's a, you know, even if it's a McConnell 52-48 Senate, there, there's a possibility that you get, you know, three regular defections to at least allow government to function. And all three of them... Uh, I mean, Collins just survived. She's got six years, so she's not worried about Trump right now anymore. Murkowski, actually, not only did she not win as a Republican last time, she won as a write-in candidate against a Republican who beat her in the primary. And uh, Alaska just shifted to a jungle primary. So everybody runs on the same ballot, um, regardless of party. And the top four advanced to a runoff. And... um, Murkowski is going to, she has, she can run as an independent. She's not going to have any problem getting reelected. So she's, she's not too worried right now about any Trumpy challenger. And Romney, 
I mean, Utah is probably, of all the Republican states, it's probably the least Trump-friendly Republican state. Mormons, by and large, they mean, they didn't vote for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, you know, I, I none of them, there's no great love for, for Donald Trump. So it seems that Romney feels pretty safe. And even if he doesn't feel safe, I mean, he's maybe the one Republican in the Senate who doesn't care, doesn't seem that, you know, he's, he's more concerned about, you know, the functioning of, of, of a moral government than any other Republican uh, in that chamber. So uh, there may be a little bit of that. And I, I will say that he hasn't nominated any Republicans to the cabinet. You, you know, Trump, uh, Obama had a bunch of Republicans in the freaking cabinet, right? Including James Comey, who ended up screwing us in the election. There was this notion that drove me crazy that you had to nominate Republicans for those um, national security positions. So FBI director and secretary of defense, like William Gates, the secretary of defense, and just reinforcing this idea that only Republicans could be strong in national security, right? It, it was a disaster for messaging purposes and practical terms. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I don't think the Kissingers of the world really have nailed uh, national security. Uh, thank you very much. So he, he's got no Republicans. Um, the people he's nominating to these cabinet positions are people that are, uh, you know, Jennifer Granholm to uh, energy. She's a climate change warrior. So he hasn't, you know, we can question his secretary of defense, right? You know, we, we, we talked about that last week, having somebody who's a general who just left the Pentagon, uh, is probably the most questionable of his positions. But other than that, I mean, it's it's reliably progressive, um, not not overly so. But again, you know, he has at best a 50-50 Senate uh, to deal with, and he still would have to get these people uh, confirmed. So given those um, sort of, you know, that constraint that he's had, it's actually a very progressive cabinet. I'm not sure I see anything in there to be overly worried about, um, given that he ran as a moderate, middle of the road, <laughs> boring centrist, right? I mean, yeah. I think it's, I think his government's looking more liberal than what he ran on. You like, you like Buttigieg for transportation? Yeah. Um, I, what was I reading? He's the first openly gay cabinet secretary in yeah, yeah, probably yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty one. I mean, that's how long it took. So um, I think for that reason, it's 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 great. Um, and this is another place where we're uh, we're being a climate hawk and understanding the the importance of fighting. Uh, climate change is is now embedded in you know in the head of a of a major agency that contributes. Transportation is one of the biggest drivers of climate change of of CO two gases. So, yeah. um, so that I like this notion. Does he have experience or not? Nobody had the the one. You know what experience you need to run a cabinet um, to run a, a federal agency is experience running a massive bureaucracy, and there are not a lot of people that have experience running a massive bureaucracy, right? So to me, what's more important is do they have sort of that values that will drive decision-making in a direction that makes us a better country? And when you're talking about 
Department of Energy, when you're talking about Department of Transportation, these are two places where um, having people in charge who are committed to fighting global climate change is is going to be a net positive for us. Yeah, yeah, very important. Um, I have friends who work in transportation who are on suicide watch uh, for fear of Rahm Emanuel. Uh, 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 <laughs> no, really, I mean, people are like, and people who were like are not quite at retirement, but were like, if he comes in here, we gotta go. We can't be part of it. So I'm I'm glad that didn't. Oh my God! So big. Uh, uh, do you have any sense how real that was? Because you, when you have these these cabinet, you know, musical chair, you have you have boosters, right? Like leaking. It'd be like me leaking to you, saying, you know, an anonymous source says that I'm being considered for right. for uh, Department of Housing and Urban Affairs or, or right. Urban Development. And it could be total BS, but then the media starts talking about it, right? Um, the reason it was hard to tell, the media was talking about it so much. And then I was saying, well, why is even the media so interested in Rahm Emanuel and him trying to spin this? I didn't even see what interest the media had in that. And, and of all of the people, I mean, there was really nobody else that there were leaks about that way that didn't come to fruition. So I, I still don't know. And I just I just don't in, you know in whose interest it would have been to push that on his behalf or why the media would have been interested in it if they didn't even take it seriously. So I, I don't know. I don't know. No, it was it was it was weird. But if if it was serious and they pulled it back because of that sort of progressive backlash, that's actually a good sign. Yeah. And if he's never even considered that's also a good sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all around, it's it's actually no matter how no matter what the reality behind the scenes was, it's actually a, a good sign for progressives because that, I mean, I don't know if it would have been a disaster, but it just it's it's that era is over. It just is, and I, I'll never forget Rom for telling his caucus to run against immigration and to demonize immigrants because uh, that's what he did back in what was it late nineties? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no, you're right. That's exactly what he did. And, you know, Rom was just was just bad news all the way around in the category of Daily Coast headlines. And we talked last week. We remember, again, I think uh, Coast coined the, the phrase in 2012 with the term asshat and asshattery. The uh, the latest one I love, the Trump attorney. Um, like <laughs> Kraken pot. You know, he's been called the Kraken, the Kraken pot. Uh, <laughs> it was Jen Ellis, right? It was, yeah. It was the Kraken pot. Oh my God, that was so these, good. These people are crazy and they're still doing it. So prediction, you think you think Trump's going to show up for inauguration, oh. have inaugur- the morning tea, go to the platform? What do you- Hell no, hell no. He's, he, I think he's going to go down to Mar-a-Lago for Christmas, and I don't think he's going to show his face back in, in Washington um, after that. I think he's done. Um, and uh, there's there's absolutely no chance. He's going to try to upstage it somehow. He'll announce his 2024 presidency. He'll try to do something yeah. to try and, and step on the inauguration. But... Um, no, no way. I mean, I think Axios was reporting a couple of days ago that that Trump is is willing to concede that he didn't win 
not that he's a loser, not that he did, not that he lost, but that he didn't win. And that's apparently a very big distinction in his mind because not winning is not losing, apparently. So there's that. The other piece that it's actually kind of fun is that um, that his neighbors in Mar-a-Lago, in, in um, you know near Mar-a-Lago, are actually suing because when the Mar-a-Lago was converted from a uh, private residence, it used to be a private residence, to uh, to a club. They actually legally in the contract say said that nobody can stay there for longer than twenty days. I think it's a number. It was there's a, there's an actual number, so it actually legally precludes Trump from living there, and they're actually suing Trump <laughs> to keep him from wanting to live there. So New York doesn't want anything to do with them. Right. Little corner of Florida wants nothing to do with them. Nothing. So it um, and they're saying like buy a mansion. You know, but Mar-a-Lago, you you can't live here, and Trump doesn't have money to buy a mansion. Buy <laughs> a mansion, oh, uh, broke. <laughs> and he doesn't really want people to know how broke he is. Yeah. Um. Does he think? Because I wonder too. Does he think? Because we got this impression before when he was trying to change his residence. I wonder if he thinks that going to Florida is going to prevent him or protect him from being prosecuted in New York. I wonder if that's what he really thinks. Who the heck knows? Um, yeah, no, I'm really interested too to see how much of that donor money to their RNC into the Trump campaign actually gets pilfered uh, to the point where he might try to use that to, to pay off his $400 million debt and it would break all kinds of laws. But since when has that stopped Donald Trump from doing something? Um, but I think that's the story. I think that in any way we can continue to expose him to even his own base. And I mean, it's not, it's, and I don't expect all of them to buy it either, but people are going to have to follow that money and then be prepared to show people, say, look, when you send this money, that's where this money's really going. It's going towards um, foolishness and golf, Mar-a-Lago, Big Macs, okay, and, and legal fees. Um, and I, I think, you know, we got to think about that. I, I, I wonder if it was... Um, so, I mean, I don't think he helps even going to Georgia at this point because of all the mixed messages that, that he sends. It would be an airing of grievances. It's not like he's going down there to actually rally his base behind Loeffler and Purdue. Yeah. He's just going to complain. Yeah. He's gonna, I, love, I, took it. I, will. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's all he does. You can just, you can just yeah. literally fill in the blank. PolitiFact also, folks, says no surprise um, proclaimed Donald Trump's comments on COVID as the lie of the year. Uh, literally millions are dead. And then this guy, um, this columnist is in Mark Thiessen, wrote a uh, piece, oh, my uh, God, saying that Biden could heal the nation or bring the nation together by giving Trump credit for the vaccine. Yeah, I mean. To He's be like, fair oh. to Donald Trump, he's you know he was for months wearing a lot lab coat in <laughs> you know working on that vaccine formula and 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 uh, doing some calculations and it happened to be on a golf course, but that's where he did some of his best vaccine development work. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that the most white male thing ever? Like yeah. Yeah. it's it's 
to refuse to take responsibility for the 300,000 dead from your criminal negligence, apathy, uh, not caring. So there's that. And, and then you want to get credit for somebody else's work. I mean, yeah. let's Pfizer did not take a dime of federal federal money. They were not part of Operation Warp Speed. They did it on their own. And even then, when it came to the US government and said, do you want an extra 100 million doses? The Trump administration was like, nah, we're good. <laughs> we, we got it. <laughs> Which is absolutely insane. So yeah, he doesn't want credit for the stuff he did, but he wants to take credit for somebody else's work. And Mark Thiessen, there he is saying like, yeah, give the white man who screwed everything up and told us to inject Clorox and shove out a light up our butts to kill the coronavirus, give him credit for the work of somebody else. Yeah. No, we definitely don't want to do that. Interesting year, folks. Um, and uh, 2021 will be interesting as well. But hopefully things will begin to settle down. We'll get this COVID thing under control at some point. Right, we pray. Yeah. Uh, and everybody, please wear a mask. Yes. This thing's not over. Not by a long shot. A lot of people are going to die in the next couple of months. Uh I know it sucks not seeing your families. I know it sucks being stuck at home. But what sucks even more is not seeing your family next year or the year after that or the year after that because they died of COVID. Yeah. Um, or they died because hospitals were full and they couldn't find a bed um, for other non-COVID related illnesses. Um, also, like find a way to do self-care. And I, I think we as activists are so amped up over the fight mm-hmm. and it's, it's not, you know, George is still there. And, um, and let me do a plug dailycoast.com slash G O T V. Yes. Get out the vote G O T V dailycoast.com slash G O T V. And it's not promoting daily coast. It's actually a listing of all the organizations doing get out the vote operations in Georgia. So please go to dailycoast.com slash G O T V and pick one and help get out the vote, uh, in Georgia. But also self-care, uh, if it's 10 minutes, you know, now I'm, I'm working on a 10-minute daily meditation uh, yeah. practice. And, you know, over time, meditation's like working out. I guess you got to build up to it because even 10 minutes, I, <laughs> it's hard. But it, the, the proven scientific benefits of meditation it could be prayer. It's the same sort of, um, it's the same mechanisms that that uh work work the brain in 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 relaxing and in uh lowering stress so if it's religious prayer if it if you're secular i'm secular uh meditation works those same parts of the brain that same sort of health benefits are there um take some time off um get away from politics for a little bit and yeah maybe you know help some gotv in georgia but also take some time away whether it's gardening whether it's walking, you know, taking a walk every day. We as a movement have been so amped up fighting Trump for so long that it could literally lead to health problems, chronic health problems. So we need to start taking care of ourselves as individuals. So we're around a long time to keep this fight going because the fight ain't going anywhere. But we, we can, you know, go, you know, we can have health problems that knock us out of the fight if we don't take care of ourselves. So um, this is something I definitely want people now that that Trump is is defeated. 
Republicanism is not, Trumpism is not, racism, injustice are not defeated. We have to keep that fight going. But the immediate crisis is finally <laughs> at least tamped down for now. Let's work a little bit on ourselves, please. We can exhale a little. Thank you, Marco. It's been a great year once again. Marcos Melissus, Thursday Coast, dailycoast.com slash GOTV, civics with a Q.com. Happy holidays to you and yours, Marcos. And we will talk to you next year. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy anything you celebrate. Love you all. Have a great New Year's. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe. And wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.